so good to to be here with you this morning. Um, Judy and I get so excited on the way here every time. Um, we love that we get to see our friends. We love that we uh, we know that we're going to spend a couple of hours um, just. Just enjoying the atmosphere, the, the people, the friendship, the fellowship around the beauty and the goodness of God. And, uh, and we know that we're going to, I, I know that I get to say good things about God. We're going to hear good things about God. So we're going to get right into this. I've got a mouthful uh, to say this morning. Um, you know, With the current events of the day, it, it could be easy to get distracted and to uh, distracted in a way where you could get very entangled with it. Um, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's you know social upheaval, there's political stuff, there's all kinds of things uh, that are going on, and there and there is um, uh, you know and 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 some of it is very is evil. There's there is darkness and gross darkness uh, upon the earth. But the good news this morning is that there also is light. There is, a, there is an answer for, for darkness, and there is light in the world. And who is the light of the world? See, most of us would say Jesus, and that's very true, because, you know, John said it. He is that light. He is the light of the world. But then Jesus turned around, and he said that, that I was that light, you were that light, that, that we are the light of the world, and we are carriers of that, that glory, carriers of, of God. Christ in the world is what we, we carry. And today I want to speak something that, that brings an uncovering, an unveiling of those things so that we can see the light very clearly and, and rejoice in it. And when we, when we say that, we're talking about really seeing and knowing God, perceiving God. And as we perceive God, we, start, we, we also perceive who we are. You know, Colossians 3 tells us that if we are risen with Christ, and we are, then let's set our affection, our, our attention, our focus on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's the things of the Spirit. And he says, for you are dead. You have died. And your life is hidden or covered or veiled. You, you, are, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears or is revealed, then we also are revealed with him in glory so as 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 what we're doing is we're, we're we're gaining in the revelation of our father we're knowing our father more and more and doesn't it make you happier the more you do doesn't it doesn't it fill your heart with joy and a sense of fullness and 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 don't you truly fall more and more in love with him as you find out how much love he really really is and as we do that then we we realize who we are sort of like the prodigal son Matthew chapter 5 is what I want to look at first, and this is the statement where Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world, talking to, to, to disciples. You are the light of the world. Get that. You are the light of the world. So there is light in this world, and that light is, 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 is us. We carry that light. In other words, for the darkness, there is an answer, and that answer is, 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 is us. No wonder Romans 8 says that, that creation is longing to see the manifestation of the children of God. <laughs> Because there's an answer for this darkness. 
And we're not just sitting at the bus stop waiting for a rescue here. We're, there's, there's an answer. There is, there is a light in the world, and it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. In fact, Paul said, that's the mystery that I've been given to declare. A mystery or a secret, he said. Watch this. A secret that has been veiled. It's been covered from the ages, but now has been revealed in Christ. Christ is the revealer of the Father or the unveiler of that secret. That means that God has always been God, right? And God has always been good. You know that? He didn't start, he didn't, you know, start being good because Jesus came. Jesus came because God was already good, <laughs> right? And, and so he was always good, but people didn't always know that. Why? Because he was covered. He was veiled. In one place it says he dwells in, and he's covered in thick darkness. What is it? That's blindness. That's ignorance. That's, that's, that's humanity not, not understanding, not perceiving, not knowing God. And that's why John 1 says, you know, introducing the coming of Jesus, says no man had seen God at any time. But the Son who's in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him or revealed him to us. And we see in the actions and then the words, the teachings, and then the work on the cross, we see everything about him, everything that, 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 that Jesus, the Christ come to the earth, we see everything about him is revealing this wonderful good father that, that, that you're perceiving now and will continue to perceive. So there's that light that's been veiled, it's been covered, it's the answer for the darkness. And just like in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep god looked at that darkness and said "Ooh, yuck darkness <laughs> or i hate that darkness or whatever but but what we know he did say was let there be light and what was that light <laughs> he's the light it was him what he was saying in that when he looked at that darkness, and darkness was on the earth, and in, and in one way you can say darkness is on the earth now. But he looked at that darkness and he said, let there be light, or let me be there. Let me be there. Let me be there in your morning. Let me be there in your night. Let me take whatever's wrong and make it right. Make it right. I didn't know if you were following that I was, had a, I was dropping a lyric there. <laughs> Somebody said, Rick, when you tell a joke, you just need to tell them right up front that this is a joke you're about to hear, because <laughs> they can't tell. <laughs> you're, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That light that, that, that is revealed, and it is revealed actually in this day through, through, through us, it causes glorification of God in heaven. It causes people to fall in love with it. It causes, causes people to like him. It attracts people to God. And you know, just like, uh, just like God... Uh, declared light or himself into that situation of darkness in the beginning, 2 Corinthians 4 also said, refers to that and says, now God, who caused the light to shine through that darkness, has now shined 
in our hearts in order to give the light of the glory of God in the countenance of Jesus Christ. He, he has shined in our hearts in order to give that light. So I'm, I'm excited. When I see this, it, it, it sort of simplifies things in a way, even though, even though it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a process, it's, it's a work that goes, that goes on, that there's a releasing, there's an unveiling of things. But, but creation is looking to see the manifestation of the children of God. What, what that means is they're looking to see God. They're looking to see that light. That's in it. And the good news is we carry that light. And the word is, it's not a demand for you to act like something or a demand for you to follow a certain set of rules. It's something wonderful is happening because we are perceiving God more and more. And that's why we're falling, falling in love. And as we're doing that, as God is being unveiled or revealed to us, then, then he's also being revealed more and more through us. People are tasting God more through me now than they did 20 or 30 years ago because of the unveiling or revealing of God that has happened to me. It has done a work in me. It's changed me. How about you? I mean, now when people people taste me they taste something much sweeter than they did way back then and I was devoted to God then I feared God then I was I was a servant of God at that time I wasn't going anywhere I was committed to God but what you got from me was not was not always the salt of the world of the earth it wasn't always a true taste of God it was a taste of a theology that I had. It was a taste of, you know, of different ideas that I had about God that, that are different now. Why? Because, because our walk is a progressive unveiling, removing of all the veils, the scales of our eyes, so that we behold clearer and clearer, and we fall in love because of that. Mark chapter 4, verse 21, Jesus speaking, he says, Also he said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? Now, you're the lamp, you're the light. And he says, verse 22, For there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret that it should come to light. Man, this was one of the scariest verses I'd ever heard for a long time. In fact, anytime anybody brought it up, any preacher or somebody bring it up, you know how it was. You're like, there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. Fess up. <laughs> and it scared me. I'm just like, God, please, don't tell them. Don't let them know. Let's, can't we keep this between you and me? And he's like, nope, he's going to let everybody know. He's going to tell everybody. It's all going to come out. Your deepest, darkest secret. And, and the good thing about the scripture is this says nothing about a deep, dark secret. It talks about a very deep, bright secret. Hmm? There's no sin mentioned in this whole passage. The only thing being mentioned verse after verse is light, 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 lamp, lampstand, light. It's God. It's Christ in you. It's, it's that good thing that's in you that we acknowledge. And the good news is, he says, he says I, didn't, I, I didn't put this in you for it to just sit under a lampstand. It will not just stay hidden. That, that light will be revealed. There's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. Paul said the secret that's been hidden from the ages is Christ in you. Christ in you. So what this gets down to, it's a real identity thing, is who are you, really? Now, we've got our cultures, and we've got our, we've got our um, interests and all these things, and that's very cool. It, br it brings such a wonderful, beautiful, um, individual expression of God. Variety is wonderful. I love it. But still, beyond that, who are we? <laughs> 
beyond our accent, beyond our interests, beyond the culture that we, that we have uh, been raised in or adopted, uh, what, what, who are we really when it gets down to it? And this is a beautiful thing that I'm seeing, coming to perceive more and more and more that as I perceive God more, I'm perceiving more of who I am, and that really starts removing a lot of the BS kind of, I mean, the, the stuff, that just the, the, the stuff that gets in the way and all the, all the questions about, well, what about God? What about things to look? What about this verse? What about this scripture? What, all, what about the, uh, what, what about, shall we sin so grace may, all, may abound? All that stuff. It all just flies off like all these veils falling off and we just say, behold, God is light. God is love. That's who God is and God loves me. And for God so loved and still loves the world. And we see that love and man, we get empowered by that. We get into a thing that goes beyond all of our religious ideas and goes beyond everything else that we thought might have been God. And we get down to something that's more beautiful than we ever imagined. We get into some, something, we, we, we see somebody that's better than we ever thought he was. And that's the truth. And as we see him, we see, we see a, a father who, who loves us very much. And he's got good reason for loving us because we really are his children. And we belong in the house with him. We are the children of God, and as he is, so are we. That's what 1 John 4, 17 says, and I'm so glad it's in the Bible. And the reason for that is that we are simply his children. When you get past all the veils of our, uh, our temporal, uh, fleshly humanity, you get down to we are the children of God. And first, uh, 1 John chapter 3 says, Behold, what manner of love is this that the Father has bestowed that we should be called the children of God? It says, Though it does not yet appear, maybe it hasn't been revealed, though it does not yet appear what we shall be, we know that, that we shall be like him <laughs> when he appears, or I would say when he is revealed. For we shall see him as he is. And that goes along with 2 Corinthians 3 that says that when the veil is removed, the secret is revealed, the reality, the truth that's been the truth from the beginning of before the beginning of time. When that is unveiled, we behold the glory or the goodness of the Lord and we're changed because we're revealed by that same image, by the Spirit of the Lord. So the changes that are happening in us, these beautiful things that we, we the cha beautiful changes that we like happening to us are happening because what Jesus said is coming to pass. He didn't like this thing to keep it under a bushel. He's revealing God and he's revealing you. And there's a light in this world and it's me and you. It's the, the children of, of God that have perceived something. They perceive the heartbeat of their own daddy, their father. They know who he is. And they know he's not a bunch of religious rules. And they know he's not just a theology. They know he goes beyond all of that. They know he's not the tired face with the gray beard in the sky. They know he's daddy and he loves us. And he's that light for this world. Because with all the fear, with all the hate, with all the that's going on, All it really needs is for the light to be there in that darkness. Because if the light is there, darkness won't be.
And I've said it before, and, I, and, and, I, and I've held to this for, 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 for decades, ever since I've seen it in the Bible, but anywhere where it describes God being light, God being life, God being love, it's those three L words, and they're always interchangeable, that God is life. Yes, God is light. Absolutely, God is, capital L, love. Love that goes beyond human emotion, right? It's absolute, unlimited, unlimited, unstoppable love. So now we're going to get into something here. I'm going to take a few minutes to use, and this will be fun. You'll like this, I think. I'm going to use some symbolism that's used in the Bible to talk about this covering of God and the uncovering of God. There's a, remember, there's a secret that's been hidden. It's Christ in you. The living God in you. It's revealed in Christ. It's all revealed in Christ. We celebrate the, we celebrate the work of, of Jesus because in that, in all of that he said, did, and the work on the cross, all, all of that, that is the revelation of the Father. Remember, they said, show us the Father and that will suffice us. That'll that's all we need. That's all we want. And he says, if you've seen me, have, have I been with you so long and you're still saying, show me the Father? What do you think I've been doing? <laughs> if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the revelation of the Father. I am the expressed image of God himself. What you saw me do with the woman caught in adultery, what, how you see me treat Zacchaeus, what you, and what you're going to see on that cross, you're looking at your Father. He... From, from, from the coming of Christ into the world, that was the beginning for the world of the unveiling of a beautiful, wonderful, loving, gracious God because they beheld him, Jesus, with the glory as of the only begotten Son, full of what? Full of grace, full of truth. He revealed the Father. So we're going to look at something here. We go to Genesis 3. And uh, we see where after the, the choosing of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in verse 24, this statement is made. It says, so, so God drove out the man, and he placed cherubim, which is the plural of cherubs, or cherub. <laughs> Cher he placed cherubs at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Oh, there's so much to, to say about this. But the point I want to make is here that there's this, there, there are these beings called cherubs. What they're doing there, and this first time we see them is right here, and they're, they're guarding the way to the tree of life. In other words, they keep, they're keeping the man out. Now, these cherubs, they pop up all through the Bible, a whole lot in the Old Testament, even over into the New, we see we, we see a version of it in, Gen in uh, Revelation 4, but we see, we see the cherubs in the tabernacle of Moses. We see them in the prophets. They refer to them. Isaiah does. Um, uh, Ezekiel does a whole lot. But, but we, we, everywhere we see them, I want you to understand something, that, they, that these cherubs, they're always covering the glory of God. 
when you look at, the, at, at, at Solomon's temple, and I've got some, I've got some pictures here, there was, there, was a, there was a veil there. Excuse me, Solomon's temple. Let me look at uh, uh, Moses and the tabernacle. There was a veil that, 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 that covered the Holy of Holies where God dwelt on the mercy seat. Maybe we don't have the pictures. <laughs> but, but there was a veil, and there were cherubs embroidered on that veil. Now, the veil was a covering. That covering, nobody saw that place except one man once a year, and that was a high priest who was a type of Jesus. <laughs> but the veil was a type of the covering. Remember when Adam uh, partook of that knowledge of good and evil? Remember what happened there in the beginning, that he covered himself with fig leaves and hid among the trees. And re please remember that, that it was not God that pulled away from man, but it was man that, that hid himself, hid himself, covered himself from God. In fact, God, we see God saying, Adam, where are you? <laughs> huh? So there was this, this veil and this covering. Now, if you look up the word cherubs, you'll, 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 you'll see this, take a strong concordance or whatever, and you'll see, the, you'll see the term, the imaginary figures. <laughs> you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but, against, but, 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 but our warfare is against um, thoughts and imaginations and, you know, the, the, the pulling down of strongholds is what it talks about. And we have these ideas, we have these thoughts, and we make images of God, and these imaginations get in the way, and people have had so many imaginations of God and, and, and still do, but there's, there is the truth that's revealed in Christ, and it's amazing because it gets through all of our wrong ideas. To me, it's a miracle that the unveiling of Christ would, 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 would work and get past all these things that I thought when I wasn't even looking to have them changed a lot of times. I, I thought I was right. <laughs> but the light, Christ in me, kept speaking, right? The, what he did with, with, with some of you, like this thing kept coming up, kept speaking, kept showing you something, and pretty soon you're like, I'm going I'm to look at this. And even if it was scary at first, because it went against your traditions and your thoughts and your imaginations, and it went against your peers, <laughs> in spite of all of those coverings and those veils and thoughts and imaginations, he kept leading you to more beauty, to more goodness, to more of the reality of your daddy. And at some point, you got convinced by the spirit that dwells in you. He did just what Jesus said he would do. He would convince you of that righteousness. But we see there's a veil that covers, and cherubs are there. Why? Because they're symbolic of something. They're symbolic of the covering. Not only that, but, but beyond the veil, we, some of you know, you know, there was the mercy seat where God dwelt on the mercy seat. But what else was there where God dwelt on the mercy seat? Cherubs covering it. <laughs> Because they always cover it. Not only that, but in Solomon's temple, which he patterned after the tabernacle, when he made that, not only does he have a veil covering the dwelling place of God, not only does he have cherubs co uh, covering over that mercy seat, but he's got these two gigantic cherubs wall to wall from one wall to the other, touching wing to wings like they're standing at sentry, red rover, red rover, ain't none of you coming over. Because <laughs> they always are barriers. They keep people from seeing God. They're symbolic of those things. Now, let me say this. In, in a manner of speaking, we in our humanness 
See, this is why creation's looking to see the unveiling, the revelation of the children of God. And I can speak just, you know, I can certainly speak for myself and say, I know that in my life, I have been a carrier of Christ in me, the glory of God, the light of the world. But I've also been a coverer <laughs> of that light. Remember, Jesus said that light in you, you know, he says, if that light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? People around me suffered because of that darkness. I was carrying the light. I had the light, but I didn't know. I was ignorant, and I was blinded to things. And so the light wasn't shining. It was hidden under a bushel, simply out of my ignorance. You know, in Isaiah 29, he spoke about the, the ignorance uh, on, on the people, humans as a whole, really. And he said, he said, your, eye, he says, your, 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 your eyes are blinded. Even your prophets, your seers are covered. And the ears are stopped up. And he says, but I'm going to do a marvelous work and a wonder. In that day, talking about the day of Christ, that would be the unveiling of the Father. In that day, I will open the eyes of the blind and they shall see out of obscurity. And the deaf will hear the words of the book and there will be great joy in the people. See, that's the revelation. That's the unveiling. And that's what the gospel does for us. And, I, and I'm so thankful that there is, there is sort of a, there is a, a grace revolution around the world that's happening. It's still, the va it's still the minority by far, but it's happening. <laughs> and people are seeing things, perceiving things that they didn't perceive about God. And it's wonderful. Some of us are waking up after many years and like, oh my goodness, how could I have not seen this before? Because when you see it, it's so beautiful and it's, it's so clear and it's so simple and it's, it makes absolute eternal spiritual sense. <laughs> but see, it just, it had been veiled. And we've been carrying this light. And while I love to hear, hear children sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, and my mind always goes to, you know, it's not a little flick your bick that's in there. Uh, uh, Malachi said it's a sun of righteousness that's rising, and it's got healing in his wings. Restoration. Beautiful. There's hope for this world, and it's sitting right here. <laughs> There's a light for this darkness. Remember Isaiah, I mean, uh, yeah, Isaiah even talks about, he says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God is risen upon you, not fallen on us. We don't, we don't sing and beg the Holy Spirit to fall on us anymore. It says the Spirit is risen upon you, for darkness will be on the earth and gross darkness on the people. That's why it adjures us to rise and shine, because our light is here. It's come. And we, we carry that, and we see our identity as children of God. Let me throw something out here to, at you. I was, was going to skip this this morning, but I'll throw it out there. Ezekiel chapter um, 28. <clears throat> Where the, a cherub is mentioned here. And I want to tell you that these cherubs, while they're symbolic of that which covers, that covering is manifested on humanity. So if you think the mystery, it's been a secret, Christ in us. Then, then we are, the, as the carriers of that, also, by and large, have been the coverers of that. And that's not an indictment at all. It's just, it's, 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 it's our ignorance. It's just our not knowing. But 
you know, we're excited about seeing more. We're excited about learning more. We, I like seeing myself coming out of more and more ignorance. It's brought joy to me. It's brought peace to my soul. It's brought love to my heart and more through my heart. And that's, I, I celebrate it. And that's why I, I, I absolutely love, I, I know I'm not the best preacher in the world, best preacher teacher in the world, but I still love the opportunity to say something good like this about my father because of what it's done to me. And so in Ezekiel chapter 28, um, verse 1, now he's talking, about the, talking to the, the, the prince of Tyre or the king of Tyre, and this, this is a real person, a real man who got so big and powerful, he just basically thought he could do anything. And he's got all these aspirations, and, and it's not going to last. He's about to come down. He's about to fall. And God's telling him this. And in verse 1, he says, you know what? You're a man and not God. <laughs> okay? So he's talking to someone, and he says, you're a man. He's talking to a man, and he says, you are a human. <laughs> In verse 13, he even says, you were in Eden, <laughs> the garden of God with God. Now, this tells me he's talking about, he's talking about Adam. I know a lot, of time, a lot of theology people say, well, he's talking about the devil and, 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 you know, I could take time and really pick that apart. But, but he's talking about a man. You were in Eden. <laughs> You're a man. And you were in Eden. In verse 14, he says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. If the mystery is Christ in, in you, the Christ in the person, if Adam, when he was created, you ever read it in Luke 4, what does, what does it call? It calls Adam the son of God. Why? Because he came from God. <laughs> hmm? Are you saying he was, he was Jesus and then Jesus was a reincarnation? No, no, no. Jesus came as the last Adam. <laughs> Uh, son of God, and also called himself son of man. <laughs> but anyway, he says, you're the anointed cherub who covers. I dwell in you. But I was covered. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Now, I know sometimes people say, well, this is talking about the devil in some situation because the devil was the most perfect creature. Oh, really? Does the Bible say the devil was created in God's image or man was created in God's image? And who is more perfect than God? <laughs> and then Jesus, as the last Adam comes, and he was the expressed image of God. So he says, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil everything seemed like it's been it was fine up until then but now ooh, yuck who found iniquity in the man the man did why did you hide why are you hiding adam because i was i was ashamed because look at me i was naked who told you that i love talking about that who told you that? You were naked the whole time. I never said anything about it. I didn't care. <laughs> but we become judges by getting that knowledge of good and evil. And what's, what's the first thing? We judge us. We judge you. We, ju we judge. You were perfect. I still say it to this day. We're perfect in, in what we perceive as flaws and imperfections of humanity. We're still perfect in that because God has chosen the weak and the foolish things to confound the wisdom of the wise and to show how great his love is. Look at all creation. It's imperfect by human standards, but it's held together by his love, and that's why it's perfect and beautiful. 
but we find iniquity. Be careful. No secret that's hidden that will not come to light. What are we doing? We're looking for iniquity. Every time we preach sin, what are we doing? We're looking for iniquity. We're trying to get you to look for it. You think you're okay. Sometimes you'll come to a church. You know, you, you ever been there? I think I'm okay. But I, a lot of times I've been to a church service where I would walk in and I think I'm okay with God. I'm not perfect, but I'm okay with God. Boy, they could preach and, you know, the way they would preach it, I, could, I found iniquity in me. And I'd come crawling up to the front, bawling and squalling and crying to try to promise God I'm going to do better next time. And that's what all that's about. It's about finding iniquity in you. Verse 16 says, by the abundance of your trading, you were filled with violence within. Now, here we are with the mystery, the secrets, Christ in us, but filled with violence within by the abundance of your trading. You know what that tells me? Do you know what a, a transactional relationship with God is? <laughs> huh? That's, that's, that's trading. That's deal. That's, uh, if, if you do this, then God will do that. But God won't do that unless you do that. So you, you give God this, then God will give you that. And what is it? That's trading. That's merchandising. Jesus didn't like the merchandising that was going on in the temple that day. Transactional. That's why, that's why grace frees you from that, because grace says, no, it's not about you. It has nothing to do with what you do. And we see in the covenant, we see with, with, with the work of Jesus, we see that he, he, he makes a covenant with us that takes, takes our work out of the way. And he says, you're not going to mess this up, not by what you do or what you don't do. My grace is abundant and it's sufficient for you, and here it all is. Here's my life. It gives me good pleasure to just give it to you. Hmm? And there's no transactional thing in this. There's no trading in this. The blessing comes because God just is good. The favor is, is yours because God is just good. Sonship is yours because it just is. <laughs> and there's no trading in this. He says, and you sinned. And therefore I cast you out as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. I want to clarify this phrase, and I destroyed you, because that sounds really harsh. That's a very bad mistranslation. That, that phrase is this one little Hebrew word, abad, and what it simply means is, Adam, you will wander. You will lose yourself. You'll perish and be destroyed. Remember, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost wandering lost he looked upon the people and saw that they were like sheep that had no shepherd they didn't know nor could they see they didn't know the father they didn't know who they were certainly didn't understand jesus ezekiel 10 this is where it gets good here's a prophecy so here's been this covering in mankind the secret that's been hidden christ in you been covered up with religion, ideas, theologies, imaginations, ideas of God, and all, just whatever. Ezekiel 10, verse 3, Now the cherubs were standing on the south side of the temple where the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple. Pause right there. Notice that that, that that glory is not covered by the cherub. That glory comes up out of it. That's the revealing. That's the unveiling. The cherub said that the glory came out of it. It was no, no longer confined by it. The glory is coming to be seen. He says, um, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. We see it coming out, standing over the temple. It fills the court. What's happening? The revelation is happening, the unveiling of God. He will not stay under a bushel. 
And it says, verse 5, And the sound of the wings of the cherubs was heard even in the outer court like the voice of Almighty God when he speaks. These people that have been covering God, they're starting to sound like God now. That's what the good news sounds like. I'm going to show you Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 says that in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Verse 2, above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and two he flew. Either the seraphim are described just like the cherubim. They have these multiple faces, and they have these multiple wings, and they look physically just like the cherubs. But these are seraphs. And the, the difference is, is that, look up the word seraph, it means flaming ones or fiery beings. These guys are lit up. They're not covering something, they're showing something. Something on the inside starts working on the outside. Something that had been covered and been veiled is now showing up. And where you see the seraphim, you see, you see the releasing or the revealing of God, not the covering up of God. And it says, verse 3, And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. That's a far cry from being confined to a, the mercy seat with these cherubs covering and with a veil covering and no one perceiving God but the children of God. These beings, you and I, where the goodness, the glory of God has been revealed We've been changed. And our declaration is the whole earth is filled with his glory. And that's true if you can see it. It's just been veiled. God said way back in the Old Testament, that's always been the vision, that was the promise. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Another place, he said, it'll be filled with the knowledge of that glory as the waters cover the sea. God's not nervous about anything. You know that? I love when Alan was up here saying, God's not jealous of anything or anybody. He's not scared. He's not afraid. Therefore, he's not angry. You know, he said there's trouble in the world. He said there will be tribulation. There's tribulation in the world. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've already overcome it. You got that? All these troubled things that are going on right now, Jesus says, it's there, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've got this. I've got this. But what can I do to help you, Lord? <laughs> I've got this. Let your light shine so they can see and glorify me. I'm totally convinced because I've seen evidence of it already that even those that some of us think are some of the worst ones, if they could see what I see, they'll glorify my Father, their Father. They'll rejoice just like I rejoice we'll see the same thing that's the light that'll happen to this world 
says the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of those who cried out and the house with, was filled with smoke and in Isaiah he sees this the glory of God's revealed and you know what Isaiah says woe is me I'm a man of unclean lips I am undone for I am a I, man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips Remember the disciple told Jesus, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Remember the prodigal son, I am not worthy to be called your son. That's what that sound is. That's the sound of someone that doesn't see, doesn't know. But you know what happened? Verse 6, then one of the seraphim, one of the children of God, who has seen the glory of his father, one of the seraphim, flew to me having his hand in a live coal that he had taken with the tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and he said behold this has touched your lips your iniquity is taken away and your sin has been purged yeah what is that that's the everlasting gospel we carry isn't it <laughs> Isaiah doesn't see himself the same anymore nor does he see God the same my sin is purged and my iniquity has been taken away. Would you all stand up? You see, good news, the light is in the world. It's in you and it's in me and it's illuminating us. So don't be afraid, don't despair. We're not just some huddled, scared Christians that are about to drop off into the edge of night in our search for tomorrow wishing we were young while we're restless but we have a guiding light <laughs> and it dwells in us right and that abides in you and me and all my children so be blessed and rejoice and enjoy the unveiling of God as he's just showing us who he is and it's working. And it'll continue for all the days of our lives. God bless you, have a good day. <laughs>